Welcome to the I Can't Sleep podcast with Benjamin Boster. If you're tired of sleepless nights, you'll love the I Can't Sleep podcast. I help quiet your mind by reading random articles from across the web to bore you to sleep with my soothing voice. Each episode provides enough interesting content to hold your attention, and then your mind lets you drift off. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. That's I Can't Sleep with Benjamin Boster. Yo tengo casi 33 años de ser, de ser forense. Nunca había visto una, una escena así. In spring 2021, reporter Brian Avalar launched an investigation that began in the depths of a grave dug by a serial killer and ended with the government forcing him and other journalists to flee El Salvador. Sonoro and Revista Factum present Humo, Murder and Silence in El Salvador. The story behind a country where the truth and its citizens' rights are buried under the weight of power. Señor Ministro. ¿Dónde está Karen y Eduardo Guerrero? ¿Dónde están mis hijos? Listen to Humo, Murder and Silence in El Salvador, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome everybody to Twisted News. For today, we'll be exploring two mysterious murder cases that have captivated the world. And the first one is the case of the boy in the box, a four to six year old boy whose body was found in a cardboard box in Philadelphia. Back in February 25th, 1957, and he's finally been identified. Story two tells of a series of murders in Mexico that have been attributed to an individual with an MO akin to that of the notorious serial killer Ted Bundy, with his victims having been found in various states across Mexico. Get rid of his scary mysteries, twisted news. Number one. Boy in the Box Identified It took six and a half decades, but finally the victim of one of Philadelphia's oldest unsolved homicides has been identified. The story is tragic, and it's nice to know that as we advance in our technology, it's helping bring closure to cases just like this one. This mystery officially started in Philadelphia on February 25th, 1957, when a student at LaSalle College called the cops to report something strange. He told them that three days prior, he had seen a box discreetly placed in the underbrush near the convent named Sisters of Good Shepherd. And inside it, he saw what he thought was the head of a doll and went on with his day. But he couldn't get the image out of his mind. And when he learned about another case of a young girl who had gone missing in New Jersey he decided to go back and check out the box. He examined further, and that's when he realized it wasn't just a box with a doll, but a makeshift coffin with a dead boy inside. According to reports regarding the investigation, the deceased child was around 46 years old and weighed only around 30 pounds. Aside from the box, the only thing wrapped around his body was a flannel blanket the box, which was previously a container for a bassinet, was from a J.C. Penney store. And the child had injuries too. Authorities suspected that he was abused and malnourished for a long period of time, 
and had also seen that he was beaten to death before he was placed in the box and left outside. One of the first officers to arrive on the scene said in an interview in 2007 that the case bothered everyone involved, as well as the townsfolk, and that its impact could still be felt today. Especially because detectives never found out who this child was or who put him in that box and why. Really, the only information they had was that he seemed to have some small surgical scars on his groin, foot, and ankle. There were also signs of him being in a body of water because of the wrinkly appearance of his right hand and both of his feet. Investigators also saw that his hair had been cut coarsely and clumps of it were tossed around his body. Based on this, it was theorized that the child had been severely abused and the person responsible for his death attempted to conceal his identity by cutting his hair. Over the years, of course, theories about his identity were made, but none of them ever helped with the case. Some stories seemed plausible to the police, but they were either met by a dead end or there was no real evidence to back up the story. One of the more intriguing ones was from a supposed witness who came forward in 2002. A woman who was given the moniker M for protection said that the boy's name was Jonathan and that he was purchased by M's mother from another family. She went on to explain that her mother abused Jonathan physically and sexually. One night when Jonathan threw up some baked beans, the poor child was beaten so badly that he died. She also said that her mother attempted to clean up the child by bathing him. Investigators found this claim promising as there were details that matched their findings on the child, one of which was the pruny fingers that might have resulted from that bath. Also interesting was the food the witness said, because according to reports, the investigators found baked beans inside his stomach. Ultimately, though, the police weren't able to corroborate M's claim, so... This remained a cold case that famously became known as the boy in the box, as well as America's unknown child. The latter, in fact, was etched on the headstone when he was transferred to be interred at Ivy Hill Cemetery in Philadelphia in 1998. Finally, though, 65 years later through DNA analysis, the boy has been given a name, and that is Joseph Augustus Zarelli, and he was four years old. Through genealogy results, experts and investigators were able to identify his parents, who have both passed away, as well as relatives. According to reports, he still has siblings who are actually alive. Investigators also have possible suspects now that we know who the boy is, but they've remained quiet until they know they can prove it. They also didn't release details about Joseph's family, but... They're hopeful they'll gather more information around the case as well as helpful tips from the public who may remember the boy from when he was alive to find out once and for all who committed this crime. Number 2. Mexico's Ted Bundy-style killer Most, if not all, serial killers have distinct patterns in how they choose their victims, terrorize and kill them, as well as how they dispose of them. Because at the end of the day, they kill because they want to. And so when they do, they want to do it in a way they can enjoy. One of the many serial killers we all know about is, of course, Ted Bundy. 
taking advantage of his good looks. He liked to lure women and then incapacitate them by hitting them over the head with a metal pipe or crowbar. After that, he would rape them before finally strangling them to death with his bare hands. He was also reported to perform necrophilia and kept mementos of his victims, and because of his crimes, he was executed in 1989. Close to the U.S. border, Tijuana, Mexico, is currently on high alert after a similar series of killings have happened in their fun little city, involving at least three women who were lured to go with the suspect before being raped and murdered. Two of the women have only been identified by authorities as Jessica and a Veracruz local named Karen, who is 28 years old. The third victim is 25-year-old Elizabeth Martinez Cigarroa, who disappeared on Valentine's Day, only to be found three days later by her brother in the trunk of an abandoned SUV. All three women were described as petite and worked at strip clubs or in bars. Investigators already have a suspect in mind who they say is an American who recently fled back to the States. His name has not yet been made public, but Prosecutor Ivan Sanchez described him as a person that has criminal tendencies associated with violent and psychopathic behavior, which is very much like the profile of Ted Bundy. Currently, investigators are collecting evidence against him in preparation for creating a warrant for his arrest, and hopefully they get what they need as soon as possible, before he strikes again. So there were two of the most disturbing cases we have for you guys today. If you like this episode, please stay tuned for more coming out every single week and check out our other podcast called Every Town, which cuts through all the fluff and goes in-depth into cases you'll find very interesting. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'll see you again soon.